Greetings, grave robbers. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We gather here tonight to talk about the shows that could be resurrected, should be resurrected, or the sums that should just stay doomed. With me, as always, is Laura Prince. I don't sound like that! <laughs> I know I sound like that! Oh, you're the worst! Why am I the worst? Actually, you know what? You're not the worst. <laughs> so, uh, we had to, we had to switch seats. Uh, I'm now in the captain's chair. And uh, I'll be driving us through this one as we take a look at that most decaying of wrestling programming. Today we talk about heroes of wrestling. And I use heroes and wrestling as very loose terms. Yeah, the of is even questionable. So... Heroes of Wrestling it's a good was... good serviceable preposition. <laughs> it's doing the best... It's a noble pres... <laughs> it's, it's doing... A noble preposition, Noah. It is the best of the words in the title. <laughs> uh, Legends of Wrestling... Excuse me. Heroes of Wrestling is a one pay-per-view event that was meant to be a series of events where they took the older generation of... Uh, wrestlers and kind of created this extra federation of sorts. Now, it's important to note that this took place in 1999. Uh, and I was a huge wrestling fan. That's why I'm driving this one. Yep. I'm the wrestling fan of this one. So I, I know a bunch of stuff about this show. Uh, but in 1999, uh, it was still the heyday of WCW. The Attitude Era was really kicking off in the WWF, and ECW had actually just gotten nationwide television on TNN, which would eventually become Spike TV. Okay. So, like, wrestling was not just, like, huge then, but overcrowded. Right. And the idea <laughs> that this company was going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take all the older generation and I'm going to make my own company is a bit ridiculous. Okay. So uh, we have some fantastic matches coming up here. Uh, let me just run through the card quickly. Uh, we're going to have the team of the Samoan SWAT team. Versus Marty Jannetty and Tommy Rogers. I know who one of those people is. All right. We have Greg the Hammer Valentine taking on George the Animal Steel. Oh, with Sensational Sherry. No, with Sensual Sherry. Because they couldn't say Sensational Sherry. (laughs) Uh, Too Cold Scorpio will be taking on... Julio Fantastico, who is not a hero of wrestling. I I don't know who either of them are. (laughs) The former Bushwhackers, Butch and Luke, because they couldn't say Bushwhackers, Ah. uh, will be taking on the Iron Chief and Nikolai Volkov. I know who they are. All right, good, good. Uh, Stan Lane of the Midnight Express faces off with the Four Horsemen's Tully Blanchard. 
in a hardcore matchup. It's the one-man gang versus Adula the Butcher. Superstar or Superfly Jimmy Snuka will be taking on Cowboy Bob Orton. Ooh, everything I know about both of those people is not very nice. <laughs> uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart will be taking on Jake the Snake Roberts. And in the main event, it is the Battle of the Bohemoths. It is the Thousand Pound War. It is King Kong Bundy versus... The former Yokozuna. Now, I believe it was billed as a dual main event. The dual main events, I yes. believe Jimmy the Anvil, Nightheart, and Jake Roberts were also considered a main event match. Yes. But uh, let's be I real. knew something. The, the last match is the main event. I knew something. You did know something. Very good. Yes. Very good. So, the start of this is very confusing. The opening of this is... Just Yokozuna and King Kong Bundy shoving each other. Like, that's the cold open. Yeah, it's very confusing. We see them just kind of like shoving and it's very, very confusing. Then they run through the card. And then it cuts to black for a moment. Okay. And then for a few frames, a thing pops up that says, uh, remembering Gorilla Monsoon. Right. Like, it's blink and you miss it, and it almost feels like it's a mistake that is supposed to, like, oh, we're supposed to do this later. Yeah, like, it was supposed to be, like, a 21-bell salute later in the thing, or... Yeah, we never see it again, though. Nope. That that is the... It's horrible that the great Gorilla Monsoon is somehow related to this program. Yeah. It is a horrible shame. Yeah. Uh, And then they do this weird thing where they start saying that the event that they are holding here at the Casino Magic Hotel. Which is in Mississippi. In Mississippi is going to be the biggest thing to hit Mississippi since a hurricane. The Mississippi Gulf Coast. 30 years ago, was nearly blown off the map by Hurricane Camille. Since then, the Mississippi Gulf Coast has become one of America's premier resort destinations. And in just a short time, live from the jam-packed Casino Magic, a fury that could match that of Hurricane Camille just may erupt once again. For tonight, live, the mega event wrestling fans have been waiting for finally arrives. Legendary grudge matches will finally be settled in the Heroes of Wrestling. Yikes. And so they just keep comparing it to this hurricane, which is horrible. Do they say what hurricane? I I forget the name of the hurricane. I I didn't write down the name of the hurricane. But it's a hurricane that did a lot of damage in Mississippi. It wasn't Andrew. I'm trying to remember my hurricane. Camille. Camille. Hurricane Camille. It's like just the idea of, of doing that, of just being like, Promoting a show as, like, the most destructive force since Katrina. Like, the, yeah, that sounds horrible, right? Yeah. So why invoke all those feelings in your fans? Man, this will be the biggest thing to hit Mississippi since a storm that killed 256 people. Yeah! Horrible. Which is 10% of the amount of people, which is more than 10% of the audience for 
uh, Heroes of Wrestling. Oh, do you have the exact number of how many people were there? 2,300. 2,300 There people. were more students in my high school. Would you be surprised to find out that most of those people got their tickets for free? Ooh, I didn't know that, but somehow I am unsurprised. <laughs> yeah. Was it like free with a Happy Meal or something? It was at similar? a casino. So oh. I'm sure it was just like, yeah, here's some tickets because you lost a lot at the slots. Yeah, or like the cocktail waitresses are handing them out to you with yeah. your free drinks at the slot machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, here's your tequila and ginger ale, and here is your ticket to Heroes of Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so then we get uh, introduced to our commentary team. Uh, <sighs> this is Dutch Mantel, mm-hmm. and oh, what's the other guy's name? Um, oh, Randy Rosenblum. Randy Rosenblum. Who sucks. Yeah, who's terrible because uh, Gordon, Gordon Sully couldn't make it because he had throat cancer. Yes. Uh, which eventually he passes away from. What's especially interesting is... Less than a year later. Yeah, less than a year later. Uh, so someone who's like known from their, for their voice getting throat cancer, first off, very sad. Right. Secondly, he was still planning to come. He had let the promoter know that he is unable to speak, but since he was signed to do an appearance, he would come out and appear in front of the audience. Okay. And they told him, no, it's okay. It's okay. I forget the promoter's name. I don't have that in my notes, but we're going to talk about him a lot later. Uh, Stone or something. Bill Stone. Bill Stone. Bill Stone. Uh, Now, I don't think you realize this. Do you know... Who Dutch Mantel is. It sounds familiar, but it also sounds made up. Well, I don't think you'd recognize the name. Oh my god! Yeah, it's Zeb Coulter. Ah! Someone that we saw at WrestleMania. I just clicked on his name on Google and that's why I screamed like that. Because there's no mistake in that facial hair. <laughs> yeah, so that is Brother Zebediah or Zeb Coulter. And he was 50 when this ran. Yeah. His real name is Wayne. <laughs> I honestly believe... Uh, Dutch Mantel, Zeb Coulter... Wayne. Is, Wayne is one of those people that I truly believe, if they knew... If they had the body to wrestle, would be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I can see that. Like, he knows the business very well. Yeah, he's right up there with, like, Paul Heyman. It's just like, man, you get wrestling. Uh, what's interesting is... He wasn't supposed to be on commentary either. Okay. It was actually supposed to be Captain Lou Albano. But isn't he from um isn't he well known for non-wrestling fans as the dad in the girls just want to have fun video? Yes. He's also Mario in the Super Mario Super Show. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario take one step and then again let's do the mario all together now the reason he is not the commentator is the wrestlers backstage rebelled and said they wouldn't go on if he was the commentator because they knew captain lou albano would just put himself over mm-hmm. and not call the action okay uh, so Dutch Mantel that, takes over. Wrestling is extremely mercenary. Yes. There, there's a, oh, there's tons of stuff coming up that that is just incredible. Uh, so then we get this announcer 
and we have to talk about this catchphrase. The square circle. And Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Casino Magic, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi, where tonight, legendary grudge matches will be settled once and for all. So throw down your toys and get out of the sandbox. Playtime's over, because tonight, somebody's going to get their ass whooped tonight in here. I'm going to use my theater degree. Okay. So get get excited, guys. Okay. Uh, He's trying to make a catchphrase like, let's get ready to rumble. Okay. The reason that let's get ready to rumble works is that there is the only retroflective letter in our alphabet, R, is a great thing that you can hold. Yeah. Ready to rumble. Also, it's got that nice gliding L. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, ass whoop. (laughs) Uh, The word ass... That that's ah is like a stop plus. Someone's gonna get their a. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm annoyed hearing my own voice. You can't extend the a sound because then you're just screaming. (laughs) And someone's gonna get their "Ah!" ass. (laughs) And you can't really hold s because it's not uh, a a letter that you add vocals to. It's just it's just air going through your teeth. But you know what you could do. That nice ooh in whooped. But no, he goes, ass! What was he thinking? Maybe, maybe that Ric Flair would hear whooped and be like, I could sue for this. <laughs> yes, he comes styling and profiling down the, the ramp. With his army of lawyers, second <laughs> only to Disney. <laughs> he needs them. Uh, so then the Samoans lot team comes out with this manager. Since I understand perfectly well that wrestling fans, not only here in Biloxi, but around the world, have to come out and live vicariously through all their big hero wrestlers. Because basically, none of you have a pair big enough to get in here and fight and combat and take on two guys like this yourselves. I understand you'd have to drink about a 12-pack of liquid courage before you'd ever even entertain the idea of coming in here and fighting these two men. Which is a real dumb thing to say at a casino when everyone's probably wasted. Yeah, and like, I've been to wrestling shows and you want to rile up the crowd. And, like, you could make fun of Alabama, but, like, since it's a casino, or, I'm sorry, Mississippi. I was going to wait until you, you finished your sentence to correct you. You could make fun of Mississippi, but since it's a casino, you could say, like, people could have just traveled there, so that might not work. Right. But, like, it's fine to insult the crowd so that the crowd feels like, ooh, I really want to see these people get beaten up. Right. But instead, you're not just insulting them. You're telling them that they don't have the guts to get in the ring themselves. Right. Which would prompt a person to get in the ring themselves. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, that is not the 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 reaction you are asking for, <laughs> you want from the crowd. Right. You don't want them to immediately actually turn literally combative. Uh, and, like, this is a great thing to do when you know... That you're going to get beaten up. Because 
that guy that looks like me, Giovanni, mm-hmm. he's always making fun of the crowd and telling them that they're ugly and stupid and virgins. And he always seems to get beat up when he says those things. Right. As if it was invoking the want. And he's been beat up by the crowd. Yeah, that is true. That is the thing that happened. Uh, so, on top of that, this guy never really gets any comeuppance. Nope. Uh, in any case, we get the Samoan SWAT team versus uh, the team of uh, Marty Janetti, who is formerly of The Rockers with Shawn Michaels. He's the one who went through the barbershop window. He went through the barbershop window. He, Very good. He is best known for becoming the noun of the less popular guy in a tag team. Yes. That being said, I don't know who Tommy Rogers is. Uh, he was in The Fantastics with Bobby Fulton. Oh, right. The Fantastics. Uh, so it's a team of Genetis <laughs> here taking on the Samoan SWAT team. Uh, this match lasts 10 minutes. Yikes. And it's a lot of like clapping and trying to get the audience involved in. The one big thing is Rosenberg. Uh, sees Rosenbloom. A, Rosenbloom sees a drop kick and calls it a flying leg kick. Yep. The good old flying leg kick. And I want to point out like... This wasn't a drop kick to the leg. So he's basically saying he kicked him with his leg. Which is the part of your body you kick someone with. Yeah, it's like if I gave you a flying hand punch. Oh, not the hand punch. Or the head butt head butt. The head head butt. Or the butt head butt. (laughs) We call it the rear view. We call it the rear view. Uh, This is the first matchup. With a steel chair shot. Yes. And there's a, you know, there's a rule in wrestling of like saving some stuff for other matches. Like you don't want everyone to match to look the same. Right. Nobody had a conversation before this. (laughs) That is for sure. Right. Uh, So out of this match, uh, one man... Marty Jannetty would go on to have a match in the WWE after this. Mm-hmm. He actually returned to team with Shawn Michaels and reformed the Rockers. And he actually had one of my absolute favorite matches with Kurt Angle. Okay. So despite the fact that everyone's a bit older here, uh, Marty Jannetty goes back to the WWE after this. Good for him. Uh, and then he would go on to wrestle for a Jakar. And, I mean, the uh, the Samoan SWAT team are notable as well. Yes, the Samoan SWAT team are part of the, um, uh, what's the name of that? The, the, the Anawai family. The Anawai family, the Samoans. Uh, they are cousins of Rakishi. Yes. Uh, and they're also related to the former Yokozuna, who we will see later. Uh, in fact, uh, Sam Fatu is the twin brother of Rikishi. Yes. Uh, Which is why when Rikishi was in the WWE, he was known as Rikishi Fatu for a while. Yes. Or actually, he was just known as Fatu for a while, too, I believe. Um, Moving on to our next match, we have Greg the Hammer Valentine versus George the Animal Steel. Now, it's important to note, George the Animal Steel is with Sensual Sherry, and you see them, like, together. Yes, Checking into a hotel, mm-hmm. 
And then they're like going to their room and George Animal Steel just rips her dress off. And then you see some of Sherry and ooh. I mean, it's clearly, it's very clearly telegraphed because she keeps kind of gesturing to uh, what you said was a pin. It looked like a brooch on her dress. Yes. But it was clearly more like a uh, gimmicked tearaway dress. Yeah. And that was where the closure was at the front, because he grabs at it, and it comes off very neatly. Mm-hmm. It, it almost like a Barbie dress. Like, it's Velcro. Yeah. It, it was very much meant to happen. It was, like, supposed to be scandalous. Yeah, because they were trying to set up that this was, like, you know, edgy. Yeah. Uh, so we have this matchup between uh, George the Animal Steel and... Uh, Greg the Hammer Greg the Valentine. Hammer Valentine. And it should, I want to mention that Greg the Hammer Valentine is 47 years old at the time of this matchup. Uh, And, uh, like, that seems pretty old. But that's the same age as The Rock? Yeah, he does not look like like The Rock. The Rock currently. Uh, And it's also, and, like, Matt Hardy's 45 and he's still going. And no one's looking at Matt Hardy like, ugh, like, you don't have it anymore. Like, step aside. Uh, so Jim the, the the Hammer Valentine. Greg I, the Hammer I'm Valentine. I'm sorry. Well, excuse me. I got him confused with Jim Neidhart. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Like, an older competitor, but not insane these days. Right. But wrestlers didn't take care of themselves the way they used to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wrestlers who were prominent in the 70s and 80s treated their bodies very differently than Mm -hmm. The Rock does. Yes. Uh, The Rock eats very healthy and does not use uh, a lot of substances. Yes, very few substances. Has access to the best medical care. Mm -hmm. I mean, The Rock's also a very strange example because The Rock has um, a lot of money. Yes, he does. And the best medical care. So he doesn't have the same... um, reliance on painkillers that a lot of wrestlers Very develop true. because they don't have access to the level of medical care that the rock does very very true when the rock gets injured he has a literal army of doctors <laughs> mm-hmm. like we will fix it yes uh, meanwhile george animal steel is 62 he's the oldest man on this card yes uh, at 62 years old and the 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 story is meant to be that George uh, Animal Steel is wearing, wearing a shirt. The shirt gets pulled over his head. Right. And uh, Sherry attacks him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't realize that Sherry's attacking him. So, like, Sherry's playing both sides. Right. Uh, there is some sort of weird foreign object introduced in this uh match which is covered in tape and it kind of looks like a bottle opener and they're just hitting each other with it in front of the referee who does nothing i frequently forgot there were referees (laughs) you and i had a conversation recently about how uh certain promotions have referees that are characters in and of themselves yes uh we discussed bryce remsburg and aubrey from uh aubrey edwards from AEW. aew yes Versus other promotions that kind of treat referees like moving furniture. Yeah, in the WWE, for the longest time, the commentators were not allowed to say the referees' names. 
The only one I can actually even still think of is Little Nate. Yes, Little Nate, Charles Robinson. But he's the only one who I think I could name. Yeah. But, anywho. <laughs> yeah, so the, the referees have no power and just don't care, it seems like. They're, decor- they're a set decoration. Yeah. They're moving set decoration. They're only there to do a three count. Yeah. So after they beat each other with these this object for a while, there's no like moves. We're excited because the the biggest moment of this match is George the Animal Steel takes his shirt off so you can see his hairy back. That and then it ends when uh, I'm sorry, sensual Sherry hits the George the Animal Steel with a steel chair. That'd be the second one for this match, and gets pinned by Greg the Hammer Valentine. Then, this is a thing that George Animal Steel does. He eats the turnbuckle pad. Mm-hmm. And then he gets hit with a chair again, but it has no effect on him. Mm-hmm. So it's weird that that was the end of the match, but also no effect later. Right. And the three of them end up running up the ramp, and that's kind of the end of it here. Uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine would end up having another match... In the WWE, when he returned and fought Santino Marilla. <laughs> good good for him. So, despite the fact that at the time he was 47, he still has one more WWE match. Uh, I'd also like to say that I've met Greg the Hammer Valentine. He was at a, a show that I was ring announcing. Okay. And uh, he did not seem to like me very much. There's an aside for oh, you. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, he didn't wrestle, he just did autographs, but it was cool that he was there. Uh, so that moves on to Two Cold Scorpio and Julio Fantastico. Julio Fantastico is 27 years old. Okay. He is the youngest person on the show. And reasonably young, considering it's not uncommon for wrestlers to debut in their early 30s now with WWE and AEW. Yes. So he is facing Two Cold Scorpio, who you don't know, but uh, he was in the WWE under the name Flash Funk. <laughs> uh, and he was basically a Brodus Clay. He had like two girls come out and dance with him. And yeah. he would come out and he would dance. I can't believe they're not Funkadactyls. Yeah, basically that. Uh, he would go on and actually make a bigger name for himself in Japan. But one thing's for sure. He didn't win a belt, but he comes out with a toy WCW championship title. So when you come out on a pay-per-view, you best put your best effort forward. Uh, you know, it can really knock you down. It can really hurt you later on in the future. Right. Like the big gold belt. No one mentions it. No one says a title's on the line. He just comes out with it. Everyone's just kind of thinking he stopped at Kmart on his way. That's what it seems like. So this is our most like high flying match. They they do dives to the outside, things like that, and this is probably the my favorite moment. Is uh, Julio Fantastico gets back body dropped over the guardrail and kicks a child in the chest. Yo. Pressing <laughs> room. That's right. That's what the smart... Oh, wait a minute. Look at the... Oh! oh. Wow, now. Oh, out to the concrete floor. I mean, are and they kidding? No that floor. Wow. 
If you've seen 300. Yeah. <laughs> when they kick the guy into the pit. Mm-hmm. It looks a lot like that. It is a full-on flying leg kick right to the sternum. Of and, like what looks like an 11-year-old boy. Yeah. And he just goes down. Like, and kind of vanishes. <laughs> oh, yeah, they get that kid out. <laughs> He's just kind of gone. So then they go battle in the crowd, but they are not prepared for this. Right. So they're just kind of, like, fighting, and there's just shots of the crowd. And, uh, <laughs> the, the commentator says, Mexico and Dragon, we don't know where they are. There's the Dragon coming back. He's bringing back Fantastico. There's there's no one named the dragon in this match. There's nope. no one named the dragon on this show. Ricky Steamboat is not booked. Nor is Daniel Bryan. Nor is Daniel Bryan. <laughs> nor is Dragon Dragon. So uh, they end up making their way back to the ring. And from the second rope, uh, Two Gold Scorpio hits the tumbleweed. Yes. And it looks beautiful. And then he goes to the top rope. And hits the tumbleweed and misses entirely. Oh, yeah. And that is the end of the match. And they show a replay. (laughs) Unbelievable that they show a replay. Yep. Like, hide that stuff. Like, you you all saw it. Don't show it again. Um, Two Cold Scorpio would end up returning to the WWE and having a match. Oh, my God. He would return for uh, the gimmick Battle Royal. Uh, meanwhile, Julio Fantastico would go to TNA, where he would join a stable with Raven and CM Punk. Really? Yes. And never be seen again after that. That'll happen. Yeah, so that that is the story of Julio Fantastico. Uh, we then go... To the tag team match. Tag match player. Tag match player. It is time. The Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volokov comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Iron Sheik uh, shows the Iranian club demonstration. Okay. Now, this is a thing he used to do. He had these big, heavy clubs, and he would swing them around to show off his strength. What he has here appears to be two PVC pipes with a piece of cardboard, like duct tape to it. But it's one of those things where it's like, this is the pre-match ritual for the guy that you like. I came here to see this. It reminded me of like, when I was a kid, my mom had this party planning book that I devoured because I loved planning parties. Okay. And one of them was a circus themed party. And they showed you how to rig up like for the strong man of the circus. Oh yeah. The the paper plates. <laughs> uh, it was uh, balloons. Oh Yeah. Those so, big circular weights. Yeah. You you put it like a paper towel roll. Yeah. It. Yep. It kind of looked like that. Yep. <laughs> it certainly did. But it's one of those things where like, if you had booked Elias on a wrestling show, you want him to play the guitar. But this looks like you got a shoebox and a gift wrap roll mm-hmm. and some string and tried to make a guitar out of stuff you had at the craft store. Yeah. On top of that, Nikolai Volkov is known for singing the Russian national anthem. Yes. And he does. Yes. The crowd uh, hates it. Yeah, because they're foreign and yep. boo. Versus the foreigner. I'm not from here. 
I have my own customs. Look at my crazy passport. Uh, the the bushwhackers then come out. I'm sorry, Luke and Bush come out. Uh, formerly known as the the bushwhackers, and uh, their whole thing is uh, they like to lick your face on the way down to the ring, which would be your nightmare. <laughs> I would not like that. <laughs> like we would have to leave if that happened to you. Oh no! Oh god! Uh, I I freak out when the new day enters and like people eat the pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's cute. we don't we don't know how long those have been sitting out. We don't know where they've been. Yeah, some of them have really definitely been in someone's pants. Yep, <laughs> in that we watch them explicitly take them out of their pants. This is a very good point. So yeah, I I have thought about this and I do hate it. Um, but the Bushwhackers are very much a a comic tag team. Like, yes, they have very few great matches, but they're always fun. So th- this should be a very interesting match. And uh, there, there's almost no bumps in this match at all. It's a lot of screaming. It's a lot of the Iron Sheet going, USA, pugh! And at one point, Nikolai Volkov picks up one of the Bushwhackers and attempts a backbreaker. Attempts. And the commentator goes, ooh. He's spitting on the fans at ring. He's got to slam Luke. Well, oh, he takes you down. See if he can get him back up. He's playing with it. He's got that bear hug. He's going to dump it. A soft slam. Why, why would you say that? It's, it's just one of those things that doesn't put over the business, your opponent. It, it's just like it makes everyone look crappy. Because yes. then if you're... If, the soft slam, if you're selling for the soft slam, you look weak. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted that the plan here was to have special guest commentator Captain Lou Albano on this match. Right. However, he went out for the match before it, the Two Cold Scorpio match, and yep. just did that one instead. Yep. Uh, they also made Captain Lou Albano the commissioner during that match, and I forgot to bring that up. Yes. But I remember, I watched this live as a child. In 1999. Did you? Yes, I did. And I remember when they announced he was the commissioner, I was like, oh, good. There's gonna be more of these. Because I actually really liked this show when I watched it. What's striking to me about this show is that it took place in 1999. Mm Mm-hmm. But everything looks like it's from 1986. Yeah, it looks real old. And there's a part of me that wonders if, like, that was the feel. It was supposed to be, like old-timey like a throwback show yeah like it was supposed to look retro and of course like the version we watched was someone uploading a vhs that they had recorded the pay-per-view from it was a little tough to watch so like it didn't look as bad when i saw it live right but it it still wasn't amazing because it should we should also mention there is pyro surprisingly a little bit yeah but it almost seems like everyone comes out to the same generic music. Yes. I wonder if they did in the um, live pay-per-view or if the music had to change for the home video release. Oh, this is not a home video release. We're watching. 
Okay. Because if if you when we watched it, you actually saw on the the screen. That's right. We did at the very end. They had that weird pay per view bug that used to run between showings. Yeah, and in the beginning, it actually says "Thank you for your order." Uh, I'm not sure if you saw that. I didn't. <laughs> I was never allowed to order anything pay per view, so pay per view seems like uh, exotic and mysterious to me to this day. I was a wrestling fan, so I ordered a lot of pay per view. I was never allowed to. Paid for a lot of views. I wasn't allowed to order pay-per-view movies. We also had a hot box that let us view pay-per-view for free. But don't tell anybody that. I had a good video store that would break street date and give me the Disney movies a week early if I asked nice. I had one of those too. I had to hook it. Oh, that's all I had. Uh, so after... R.I.P. and peace, Stardust Video. <laughs> I miss you. I think about you a lot, actually. More than any ex-boyfriend I've ever had, do I think of Stardust Video. <laughs> I wish I was lying, because it's pretty sad. I miss the days of, of the, the rental store as well. Uh, and have to physically go get a movie. Uh, but after the soft slam, there's a bunch more just like non-wrestling. And, and a lot of pushing and shoving. And like, n- there's a few times where people fall over, but I wouldn't call them bumps. Right. Uh, the Bushwhackers end up picking up the victory here. Yes. Uh, and uh, Dave Meltzer would give this <laughs> negative all the stars in the universe, and the universe is infinite. <laughs> Um, that's not quite true. Oh, I'm sorry. Brian Alvarez gives it negative all the stars in the universe. Dave Meltzer gives it absolute zero. Absolute zero. Because, it, it, like, the negative temperature is, like, he actually gives that number out. Uh, it, it's horrendously bad and, like, sad. Mm-hmm. That being said, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov would return to the WWE and have a match at WrestleMania. Oh my god. That the Iron Sheik would win! (laughs) The gimmick battle royal featured a lot of, like, past stars that were, like, gimmicky. So, uh... Iron Sheik is also best known for being fairly abusive on the internet to everyone. Very true. Uh, but basically they had Sergeant Slaughter and uh, Brother Love, Jim Cornette, the Gobbledygooker. Everyone was in this battle royal. And the Iron Sheik won because he could not go over the top rope without dying. <laughs> uh, Nikolai Volkos was also in that. So both of those men would have a match in the WWE after that. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, we then move on to Tully Blanchard versus Stan Lane. Tully Blanchard gives an amazing promo before this. I have been in wrestling a long time, and I've been out of it a long time. And I, I came here and I agreed to do this thing, the Heroes of Wrestling, and was looking to have fun and you know, have a good match with Stan Lane. Um, I don't do this for a living anymore. 
this kind of stuff here is uh, I am really what I'm having is a flashback really I mean I mean the, the, we're talking about the intensity that I had with Dusty Rhodes and Wahoo McDaniels and the Road Warriors and Demolition and Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels when they were just coming up with the WWF. We're talking about taking everything that you got, everything that you are, and bringing it and stirring it back up. You know, I've been gone and just subdued and, and, and low-key, low-profile. But you know, Stan Lane, I'm going to tell you the truth. The only reason you ever became a world champion is because you were Bobby Eaton's partner and Jim Cornette standing in the corner and you rode a tidal wave that you didn't build. Well, the Four Horsemen was a tidal wave that I helped build, and you're gonna find out just exactly what a tidal wave is all about. Because I'm gonna tell you, Stan, 10 years is bubbled up inside me. 10 years all of a sudden, at one time, is bubbled up inside me. And everybody that's ever screwed me, anybody that's ever done me wrong, is all coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, and. What I love about this promo is he's the only one that says, I'm not a wrestler anymore. Like, this isn't what I do anymore. But I'm going to come back and have all that venom inside me mm -hmm. and bring it out one more time and I'm going to bring it out on you, Stan Lane. It's a really good promo. He is the Sir Ian McKellen in Cats. Yes. Heroes of Wrestling. Like, nobody told this man what he was in, and he is trying. He's going to give it his all. And they go out there, and they have a pretty good match. Yeah. It will be the best match on this card. But there's one huge problem with this match. What would that be? The camera work. Uh, they are trying to play them up as uh, sexually desirable. Yes. Well, wrestlers. Stan Lane, specifically. Stan Lane is supposed to be sexually desirable. And they find every woman in the audience who looks bored. Yeah, they just cut to a it woman. It would be to the equivalent in 2020 if every time they cut to a woman in the audience, she was visibly on her phone. Yeah. We, That's how engaged these women look in what we're watching. We counted throughout this match, they cut away to a bored woman seven times. <laughs> different bored women. Yep, different bored women All every time. All bored. Yeah, that was very their bored. Bored women of every color and creed. Yes. Actually, I have no idea. I can't remember what any of them looked like outside of bored. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm exaggerating, but they were all bored. They would brawl outside, and there would be yet another chair shot. Yep. Uh, and this would end with a, a classic dusty finish in which Stan Lane hits Tully Blanchard with a suplex, a back suplex. And... The referee counts all four shoulders down. Mm -hmm. uh, Tully Blanchard, despite being the one who received the move, will kick out. Stan Lane would not. And since he was technically on top of him, uh, Stan Lane is counted as a fall and Tully Blanchard wins. Yes. No one tells commentary this. And commentary is just like, oh, he's reversing the decision. There must have been an illegal move. Yes. It's unbelievable how unprepared everyone is i mean we make fun of wwe a lot for the fact that like vince is obviously in commentary's ear the whole time mm -hmm. but someone needed to be in commentary's ear during yes. this 
Absolutely. Commentary has no idea what's happening ever. Yeah, they they are completely. Dutch Mantel is trying his damnedest. But, but you get the idea that nobody told Randy Rosenblum any of the outcomes of the matches. No, there's actually a moment in this show where Dutch Mantel says, "Like, just call the action, and I'll do the color." Mm-hmm. And Randy says something like, "Well, I'm going to get my opinion out too," and like. You could tell it's kind of Dutch being like, this is the dynamic. <laughs> Just stay in your lane and we'll get through this. <laughs> and Randy doesn't stay in his lane. <laughs> he does not know what he's doing. Uh, so it's a shame that like what was the best match kind of has this weird, confusing ending. Right. Uh, but it's by far not the worst thing to happen. <laughs> uh, Tully Blanchard currently works. Yes. For AEW. He yes. has not had a match, but he currently manages uh, Sean Spears, the Diamond in the Rough. I believe he is also an agent. Yes, he's also an agent. Uh, but uh, you would know him better as Ty Dillinger if you're a WWE fan. He's now over in AEW. I believe I know him best as Mr. Peyton Royce. Yes, he's also Mr. Peyton Royce. I don't know if they're married, but I know they were definitely They are, in fact, are married. married. Oh, perfect 10. Yep. Uh, Perfect 10. And then also Sean Spears is there. <laughs> I love the Iconics. I know. I love them too. We then move on to our hardcore match where the one-man gang will be taking on Abdul the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who the one-man gang is? No, but I made fun of him real hard when we were watching this. Uh, the one-man gang. Uh, he actually, I believe he made event WrestleMania 3 with Randy Savage. I could be wrong. Uh, but I think he makes it to the final of the tournament. But he was in WrestleMania 3, uh, and they ended up repackaging him to Akeem, the African Dream. That's oof. He's a very white man. Oof. Uh, he, this was all to make fun of Dusty Rhodes. Because really? Dusty Rhodes was the American Dream. So they made Akeem the African dream to make fun of Dusty. Okay. I don't think it was very effective, and it just made the one-man gang look weird. Uh, Alright. But now the one-man gang is here to take on Abdullah the Butcher. Ooh, that's a very white fellow. Yes. Yes. Abdullah the Butcher, not so, not so much. No. Uh, Abdullah the Butcher is a very fat man. And uh, he's known for these very bloody battles. Right. And uh, his thing is that he stabs you with a fork. Oh, yeah. The, oh, God. There it is. Yes. Uh, Thanks. I hate it. Abdul the Butcher uh, ends up bleeding. Uh, the one-man gang ends up bleeding in this. Uh, it should be noted that uh, Abdul the Butcher has hepatitis. Oh, my God. So he's bleeding in the ring with this other man who is bleeding and has hepatitis. So that's really scary. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bloodborne disease, as it turns out. Yeah. Uh, the official uh, report I'm reading from lordsofpain.net, mm-hmm. courtesy of the Wayback Machine, uh, says lots of blood for this match. Yes, lots caps. of blood. Lots and lots of blood. We do see his signature elbow. Wait, no, we don't. They cut to a fan. 
Yes. Right when he hits his elbow. Like it's Edge's spear in the Royal Rumble. Oh, still mad. So, (laughs) buckets of blood are are going out. They are battling with each other. Uh, They end up by commentary. And then the match ends in a double countout. So after all the blood, the stabbing with a fork, all the foreign objects, uh, they're out of the ring too long. Uh, The truth is the promoter pulled the plug because it got so bloody. Because the promoter was unaware that wrestlers cut themselves and assumed it was all fake blood. Oh, goodness. So he knew this would be a bloody battle. He didn't know there would be real blood involved. I And if you're not familiar with wrestling, I could see where you would think that. Because if you're not familiar with wrestling and you think it's all, it's all pretend, mm-hmm. you would think that somebody would have a squib. Yeah, why would someone cut themselves? Because, uh, like, I, you know, we come from theater. People, they make pretty realistic, pretty effective squibs that you can use for this kind of thing. And honestly, some wrestlers do actually use squibs. Uh, but you kind of need to have long hair to hold the blood. Yeah. Because uh, I remember I actually saw Jericho use one once. <gasps> yeah. La Champion. A uh, so, little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Uh, so that ends in a, a, a double count out. Uh, and then we move on to uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker versus Cowboy Bob Orton. Uh, it should be noted that the very first WrestleMania, yes, the main event is Hulk Hogan and Mr. T with Superfly in their corner versus Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper with Cowboy Bob Orton in their corner. Okay. So this is playing off a feud from WrestleMania 1. And what year was WrestleMania 1? Please remind me. WrestleMania is slightly older than me. So I believe it was 85. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong, but it's roughly 85. I would imagine it'd be like... 85, 84. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be 84. Uh, Because they're talking about WrestleMania 37. Yes. Being next year. Oh, no, the first event was in 85. 85, okay. Writers can't do math. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough. I understand. So, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker comes out with Captain Lou Albano. Captain Lou Albano spends the entire time berating the owner of the casino who's seated in the front row. Right. Uh, They try their best to have a match uh, and... It's one of those things, again, where Superfly Jimmy Snook is there. We want to see Superfly come off the top rope. And you can see that this man cannot Cannot do do anything. Uh, There's one moment where they try to, like, clothesline Superfly over the top rope. And he just doesn't go. Like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty bad. Uh, The promoter wanted... Superfly to come off the top rope to the floor through a table. Okay. They compromised and went with a flying splash from the corner in the ring. Uh, Good compromise. Good compromise. Jimmy Snuka would win this match. Right. Uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka would go on uh, to have a match at WrestleMania... 
25 in the WWE. Oh, boy. So that would have been uh, 2010. Yeah. So over a decade later, he would team with uh, Ricky Steamboat and Roddy Piper to take on Chris Jericho at WrestleMania 25. Wow. Yeah, it's insane the number of people who uh, would go on to have matches, including Cowboy Bob Orton, who is Randy Orton's father. Right. He would have a feud with The Undertaker. And it was one of those things where The Undertaker is the phenom Mm -hmm. and Randy Orton was the The legend legend killer. So the two of them were going to end The Undertaker. Right. Bob Orton would end up being fired. Because he ended up bleeding in a match with The Undertaker. And he has hepatitis. I, I, oof. (laughs) Oof. Uh, So, uh, it's all circular, I guess. Uh, We then move on to Jake Roberts and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Which is the only reason people talk about this pay-per-view. This is, like, I've said yikes a lot in this series. <laughs> this is one of the yikesiest yikeses I've ever yikesed. What do you think about this promo that he does? He's an unwell man. Yeah. Like, he is clearly impaired. Right. Uh, I don't remember much of what he said because I was kind of worried he was going to fall over. The camera drifts to like something else at one point. He yells. It drifts to the snake in the bag. It drifts to the snake in the bag, but like not competently. Like it just kind of looks like it drifts. Yeah, like like, they don't want to film this anymore. Yeah, like it looks like the camera drifts. It doesn't look like the camera has decided it is time to look at the snake. It's kind of like the camera's going, I don't really want to look at this. And speaking of Jake the Snake Roberts, he's with our man, Michael St. John. Thank you, gentlemen. Back here I have a man of legendary proportion, the man Jake the Snake Roberts. He is a man that you all recognize. He's a legend. Come on, Jake. Get on in here. The folks want to hear from you. You won't say what this. You know, you do a casino. Everybody says, well, gosh, the casino, you should gamble. Let me tell you something, Hamble. You don't want to play cards with me because I'll cheat, okay? I cheat. You want to play 21? I got 22. You want to play blackjack? I got two of those, too. You want to play aces and eights? Maybe I got too many of those, too. Bottom line is this. You do not gamble with me. The only time you should gamble is this. Listen to me. When you walk in a casino and you want to gamble, the main thing is, you should realize this. To gamble, you must accept losing. I don't accept losing. And it is Damien. Damien, my friend. My friend Damien is right here. Is Damien? Damien? Yeah, he just stuck his nice head out of him. pile of snake, huh? Oh. You don't want to see this, do you? Well, Let me I show you something. Yeah, that's Let okay, me show you something. No, I think what, Anvil? Go ahead, Anvil, roll the dice. Mr. Cameraman, get your ass back up here. Hello? I'm talking to you. Get the camera back up here. That 
It's not what you need to worry about, Anvil. The bottom line is this. When the DDT comes, then the snake comes out. Worry about the DDT. 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 Think about it. A man of his word, Jake the Snake Roberts. Back to ringside. Now, I have a lot to say about this. Yes. Uh, I remember watching this live with my father. Oh, boy. And my dad goes, ooh, Jake's had a few. And I said, no, Jake the Snake got clean. Because he had. Jake the Snake returned to the WWE, and he was a... Uh, 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 Reborn Christian. Mm-hmm. Born and, again. A born again Christian. Thank you. That's the word I wanted. And one of the big things is the snake was always named Damien. Yeah. When he returned to the WWE, the snake's name was actually changed to Revelations. Huh. And he talked about how, like, he had fallen off the path. And now he realized that he, like, made some great mistakes and he was better now. Okay. Uh, if you there's a documentary called Beyond the Mat that Jake the Snake is one of the big focuses of. Okay. And you actually see him do crack in it. Yikes. Yeah, like it's crazy. Ooh. So the fact that like he was better was amazing. Okay. And I was such a die-hard wrestling fan as a child that I watched a like televangelist show because Jake the Snake was a guest. Oh, that's crazy. And I remember just watching Jake the Snake being like, he talking to like the drunks of the world, saying like, look at yourself, look at what you've become. You don't need to be this anymore. You can be saved. Uh, like through prayer and hard work. So for him to show up and be this messed up, destroyed me as a child. Yeah, I could see that being really traumatic. And I've I've seen this this uh, promo many times. It's infamous and it's something that like people laugh at and things like that. This was the first time I've really listened to it. This promo's actually really good. Is it? If it if it was said by a well man it is a very well put together promo. I'm going to attempt to do this promo as, okay. as a sober human being right now. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> th- these are the ideas he was trying to get across that he gets, he muddles up. We're in a casino. You don't want to gamble with me. Because to gamble... You have to accept that you might lose. I don't accept losing. So I don't gamble. You want to play 21? I got 22. You want to play blackjack? I got one of those too. And if you want to roll the dice and wrestle me, I got the DDT. And once I hit the DDT, it's all over. And that's not up to chance. And once the DDT is hit, then the snake comes out. That's that promo. That's the words he's trying to say. 
Yeah, he at one point throws in Ace's Nates. I got too many Ace's Nates. But like the the wordplay of blackjack the card game versus a blackjack, which is a weapon used to knock people out. Right. Like is very good. And the idea of like getting in the ring with me is a gamble of with your life. I don't gamble because I don't believe in uncertainty. And right. I, I don't lose. Is a really good promo. That is a really good promo. I never, I didn't quite get that because I couldn't understand. Like, I mean, I've watched it many times. And like, that was the first time that like, I Da Vinci coded it and was like, oh, oh, he's got a lot of good ideas that he can express here. Uh, then this leads to him coming out with Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Now, this is also important. One of the major problems with this match is Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Is he? Jim the Anvil Nightheart had not arrived when the show had started. Jim doesn't get there until 40 minutes before this match. That explains a lot because you'd think they would have put in place another plan. Right. On top of that, Jim was supposed to lose to the DDT. He decided he didn't want to lose because he didn't want to look weak because he was trying to go back to the WWE. Mm -hmm. So he demanded that Jake the Snake lose. Okay. Despite the fact that they didn't have any time to put things together or anything like that. So when they go to the ring, they don't know how the match is going to end. Oh, no. Uh, it's also believed because Nightheart comes out first, Jake the Snake comes out, and then he goes back to the back. Yeah, he, like, puts down the snake, who they do call Damien on commentary. They call Damien, not Revelations, which bothered the hell out of me as a kid. But it's unclear why this happens. But some people have reported he goes to the back to tell the bookers that he's agreeing to lose to Nightheart. Okay. So despite how messed up he is... He's the one that's willing to do the job, and Jim Neidhart is not. Huh. Uh, now, the other thing that... Uh, well, let, let's let's explain what happens here. Uh, there's some, like, weird moment where he comes out and he grabs a woman's hands and rubs them on his chest, which is real gross. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, Jim is not... Or, Jake the Snake is clearly really messed up here. A few things happen in the ring, and then Jake whips the snake out of the bag and holds it in between his legs as if it is his penis. Yeah, that was bad. And then he lays down on the mat and licks the snake. It looks like he's like trying to make out with the snake. It's very, mm-hmm. very weird. Uh, now, at this point, this causes... Uh, King Kong Bundy to come out and Yokozuna to come out and the match becomes a tag team match. It is believed that this is done to save the match. Save the show. Save the show at this point because Jake is so messed up that he couldn't possibly have a one-on-one match. That's not true. Really? The plan was always to have this tag team match. You might notice that earlier in the show... Nightheart and King Kong Bundy do a promo together. All right. If they weren't going to be a team, there's no reason for them to be seen together doing a promo. That's true. 
The whole point of this was it breaks down and turns into a tag team match. So the uh, thousand pound war between King Kong Bundy and the former Yokozuna could main event the next Heroes of Wrestling show. This was meant to set up a future pay-per-view. That makes sense. You want your first thing to set up a future. If it was just like a one-and-done, that's less satisfying than having somewhere for it to go. And like, it's easy to make the mistake like, oh, things are off the rails, so they sent two more people down to do the, like, try to help this out. But the idea of taking a singles match and making it a tag team match from a wrestling side of things just makes a really confusing situation. Absolutely. So, like, it's not going to help anything. On top of that, Jake never leaves. Yeah. Like, it's not like Yokozuna's like, I'm taking over. Jake just stays in the ring and gets beat up more. Yeah, I mean, but if, if you don't know that, it does look like a reaction to, like, try to make this not a disaster. Yeah. But that is absolutely not the case. Uh, they try to end this match as quickly as possible to the point where King Kong Bundy pins Jake the Snake. Neither men are legal so that the match can end. And then they just run away. Yes. Uh, then we have this also this weird Uncle Fester character that oh, yeah. the crowd is chanting about. He's the son of King Kong Bundy? No, he is not. Despite looking exactly like him. Yeah. He is not King Kong Bundy's son. Uh, but he does accompany uh, King Kong Bundy to the ring. A lot of people also incorrectly report that he is Stone, the promoter, who went down to like try to fix things. That is not true either. The truth of the matter is, Jim Neidhart and King Kong Bundy both refused to have the snake laid on him. Okay. So they sent this guy out so that they had someone to put the snake on. Okay. That's, that's why the show ends with him getting the Samoan drop and then putting the snake on him. Because no one else wanted to deal with yeah. the snake. Okay. Be- because King Kong Bundy and, and Nightheart refused. So it's very interesting to me that... We have a situation where Jake the Snake is, in fact, clearly impaired. Mm-hmm. But he's the only one willing to do business. Yeah. Uh, this would end with uh, Jake the Snake, once again, holding the snake as if it is his penis. Yep. Pretending to masturbate with it, and then starting to take his actual penis out before and then, they fade to black. Yeah, the camera pans up and then fade to black. Uh, the the aftermath of this is uh, Jake the Snake refused payment because he was so embarrassed by his performance that they gave him a check and he ripped it up. Huh. Uh, they eventually did, like, force him to take the payday, but he knew how bad it was and was like, this isn't worth you paying me. That's fascinating. Yeah, so, like, despite all this, Jake the Snake is being a solid dude. That's crazy. Uh, on top of that, uh, uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart would have a few more matches after this. Yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake would return to the WWE. He would not have a match, uh, but he would put a snake on Dean Ambrose and make him the happiest boy ever. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, he is very happy when that happens. Yokozuna would die a year later after this event at the age of 34. Oh my God. He is 33 at this show. Wow. That's, uh, that is very sad. Yeah. The truth of the matter is Yokozuna, and it should be also noted that Yokozuna and King Kong Bundy both main evented a WrestleMania. So this is like a big match. This is a huge deal. This is re- legitimately a huge match. Uh, the WWE wanted to use Yokozuna more. Mm-hmm. But he had gotten so fat that he wasn't legally cleared to wrestle in some states. Oh. Like, in some states, he was considered disabled. That's wild. Uh at this show, he is over 600 pounds. His goal was to become the first 900-pound wrestler. Wow. So he was actively trying to gain as much weight as possible at this time. That's wild. Yeah. And that, I mean, you hit a point where you're using a lot of calories mm-hmm. to sustain, to, to gain weight beyond like 800 pounds. You've got to be eating... Six, seven thousand calories yeah. a day. How would you afford that? Uh, so that was the one and only Legends of Wrestling show. Uh, some interesting facts that I wanted to bring up about this show. Uh, one, uh, we we missed this, uh, but we got to talk about that terrible Bob Orton chant. Yes. Uh, they start chanting a slur. At Bob Orton. On the first ever Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view. I hope he doesn't start paying uh, too much attention to these people. Just a writhing of pain. Because that is kind of rude to talk to somebody about about somebody's sexual orientation. I I would agree with that. And it is so horrible because you can tell it is children. Yeah. It is the voice of children with this chant. Yeah, it's extremely uncomfortable. Uh, another thing I forgot to mention is the Bob Orton uh, Superfly match. The reason that they are wrestling is they were playing cards earlier. Mm-hmm. And we see surveillance footage of the, the card game. And Bob Orton is cheating. Yes. And what's the two things I find amazing about this is it was filmed in a casino, but it's clearly on a table. That is not a card table with like a card tablecloth over top of it. That's the wrong size. It's like a game table you buy at five below. (laughs) It's yeah, it looks real dumb. And while I appreciate storytelling, there's an element of this that implies had Bob Orton and Superfly Jimmy Snuka not played cards that day, they just wouldn't have been on the show. Huh. <laughs> like they just wouldn't have had a match. That's wild. I was like, yeah, we, we were just we just played cards and we had a good day. Yeah, we just went to the Magic Casino and had fun. Yeah, they're just fun. like one of those video packages of just like them enjoying their day. Nikolai Volkov, uh, I had the honor of ring announcing for him after this show. Yeah, he came to a company I worked for called DWF. And uh, once again, he sang the national anthem, but he was a good guy, so he sang the American national anthem. Oh my god. And he was attacked by the Southern Enforcer. Oof. Which is weird, because, like, the Southern Enforcer Enforcer implies, like, 
American pride. Yeah. And he attacked the Russian guy for singing the American national anthem. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, one of the nicest men I've ever met. Oh. And one of the safest. For his age, like, he was very good in the ring and being, like, careful. Oh, good guy Nikolai Volkov. Yes. Uh, the promoter uh, regrets doing this show. I imagine he does. Uh, he was a boxing tough man promoter. And he was like, ah, I'm going to try my hand at wrestling. And knew so little bit of little about wrestling that he asked the wrestlers for the script they were using. Aww. So that they could give it to commentary. So commentary would know what to say. Well, commentary should have had something. Yes, Randy... Uh, was a college football announcer, which makes a lot of sense in that when you're calling sports, you call what you see, mm-hmm. not what values the story. Right. So if something is a soft slam, <laughs> yeah, you would say oh, it wasn't a very hard hit instead of being like, oh, targeting the kidneys. And Randy Rosenblum speaks well on the microphone and clearly is like not a bad speaker. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know how to announce for wrestling. Yeah. He he just doesn't get it at all. Uh, but they did want to do another show. Uh, they were hoping to get 40,000 buys for this pay-per-view. And they, they did not? They got 29,000. Oof. So, yeah, it was uh, not, not successful enough. Uh, they lost a lot of money on this show. Oh, I bet they did. And, uh... There was actually supposed to be more people on this show. Uh, you may have noticed that uh, in a previous episode, I called this show Legends of Wrestling. Yes, like the video game. It was originally called Legends of Wrestling, but the name was changed by the Honky Tonk Man. Because he said he'd only agree the sh- to do the show if the name changed, because Legends of Wrestling made them sound old. Yeah. And then they changed the name, and he still didn't do the show. <laughs> uh, also supposed to be on this show was Vader. Oh, the, the a boy meets a world boy fame. meets world fan. Uh, he was under contract with uh, Japan at the time as their champion, and the contract stated he wasn't allowed to wrestle in uh, America if he was going to lose. So he would have had to have won if he was on this show. Also, Psycho Sid was supposed to be on this show. Also, Sid Justice. Yes. Uh, or Sid Vicious, depending on when you know him. Uh, but he ended up going back to WCW at this time. Of course. But uh, yeah, they were all supposed to be on this show and it just didn't work out. So like, the show actually could have had some decent star power, but it, it was not meant to be, unfortunately. All right. Well, so, that's sad. Yeah, it is a, a black eye on the, the world of professional wrestling, but... I definitely find it fascinating that uh, Jake the Snake tried so hard to be a stand-up guy despite his condition. He tried to be a good wrestler. Also, Jake the Snake is much better now. Uh, Yeah, uh, DDP Yoga, correct? Yes, he he moved in with Diamond Dallas Page, who helped get him clean. That's wonderful. uh, He's now doing very well. He has been trying desperately to get one more match in the WWE for the longest time. Uh, He just wants a spot in the Royal Rumble. That's all he wants. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, he has not uh, gotten it yet. 
Uh, Abdullah the Butcher was sued for giving someone hepatitis. Fancy that. Yes. Uh, apparently he is such a uh, controversial figure that when he was put into the WWE Hall of Fame, many people uh, demanded that they be removed from the Hall of Fame, including oh. superstar Billy Graham. Oh. So, yeah, people don't like Abdullah the Butcher because he stabbed people with forks. Yeah, people don't love that. Yeah. So I think that is all I have to say about Heroes of Wrestling. Cool. What are we watching next week? So it is Razzie Month, my dear. Yes, it's Razzie Month. It's here. Uh, one of the nominated films, as we correctly predicted, was Cats. Yes. So we have covered Cats. Yes. Uh, uh, we are going to do, for next week, we are going to do a Medea family funeral. Yes. Medea, once again, gets nominated for uh, a Razzie Award. Uh, do we want to just say what the yeah, all the worst well, pictures are? Yeah, we might knock them out right now in case you want to watch any of these. Uh, we will also be watching The Fanatic, starring John Travolta. The Haunting of Sharon Tate, starring Hilary Duff of Lizzie McGuire fame. And Rambo, Last Blood. And we, of course, ask you to join us on this journey through the Razzie Awards. Many of these are on Amazon Prime and or Hulu. Yes. I think all except Rambo yes. is readily available. And Cats is not yet out. Well, and Cats, but we've already done the Cats episode. So if someone were to say, have a question or a comment that they want read on this very show, how would they reach out to us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow.com at gmail.com. Com, or Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And what if people wanted to see us live? Well, we would be at the Adult Fan Fiction World Championships at the Flying V Theater on February 28th. Oh. Yay! Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I just wanted to bring that one up. Uh, if you want to talk to me about how Jake the Snake broke your heart, but is still a stand-up guy. I'm at TV's Noah. If you are a bored woman at a wrestling event, I'm at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>